The following podcast contains some strong language and some very average opinions. It's probably best if you don't listen at all. The Roaring Peacock Podcast. Oh, don't have a sec. <laughs> hey, <up. laughs> uh, one of the key features of the Bielsa era has been the improvement of Legion at his academy, uh, firstly under Carlos Corbran and now under uh, Jacko, Mark Jackson. Uh, so this is what we talk about on the youth pod. Uh, so welcome back. It's the Roaring Peacock LUFC youth pod. My name's Adonis. You know me as at the Adelites on Twitter. It's a very good hello for me joining us to discuss the West Ham game and the Tramia game and a bit of a preview of Liverpool is from lefcacademycentral.com, Matty Ingham. Hello, lads. Hello, and Juicy himself, the Juicy Rob. <laughs> Afternoon, everybody. Okay, uh, one place to start then. Leeds United under 23s 2, West Ham United under 23s 2. First thoughts? Yeah, a good, a good point. Uh, I think probably would have took a point before the game. West Ham had started really well. Uh, absolutely hammered Arsenal 6 1 on the opening day. They beat Chelsea 2 1, and then they lost against Brighton, but Brighton top of the league. So, you know, a fair a fair defeat to take, really. So, yeah, West Ham, very, very good academy. Uh, big, powerful team. Some very dangerous attacking players. A lot of pace out wide. Uh, strong in the middle of the park and strong at the back as well. So, you know, a 2 2 draw. Uh, Probably, a fa- I think it was a fair result. Um, obviously, Green would have started really well with three goals. Um, and Ma- Max Dean got the other goal, didn't he? I mean, we all we love a bit of Max Dean, don't we, on this podcast? So, um, so yeah, a, go- a good point. Yeah, yeah, I'd back that. I'd back that up. I think it was a fantastic result, really. Look at West Ham's quality and strength in their youth department. Uh, didn't their twenty ones beat um, Ipswich last night in the in the uh, Pizza Cup, which obviously our, our lads would talk about later. Failed to do against the, a league opposition, but no, they're a good quality throughout their youth academies. Uh, West Ham, and I think two two was a fair result. The game was decent as well. It was an entertaining watch. Um, uh, I thought it was uh, evenly matched. I read something very interesting on uh, at Focus on Leeds on Twitter. Um, sometimes that account is uh, really good for insightful tactical um, like balancing out. Sometimes. Sometimes the account tweets out tactical analysis and it was really good. And he, they tweeted out, um, I don't know who runs the account, but they tweeted out about West Ham usually lining up 4-2-3-1, but they switched to a 3-4-3 which meant that Jack Mark Jackson had switched our formation to 4-4-2 rather than the normal position we play with the one up top. So because we countered that, I thought it worked really well. And um, Lewis Bate really impressed me in his uh, in his performance against West Ham. I thought it was a good result. Good performance from Bate. And uh, like uh, Matty said, Greenwood started well. Decent point. Yeah, I thought... Uh... The, the West Ham goals, like the first one came from a dubious free kick and that kind of got them back into the game. Yeah, and it was then a frustrating corner. one, that free kick. Mm, yeah, because it was If you actually watch kick. it, he's give it for... So he's give the foul. I, well, I was told that the referee explained the decision afterwards and he said he'd given the foul for like the initial... There was like a shirt pull, um, but it was like 
where it was at 10 yards back because the actual tackle from McCarran where where the free kick ends up being taken from the tackle from McCarran is not the foul like the foul that the referee gave was like a shirt pull which is like 10 yards back but the lad has still been allowed to take the free kick from like just outside the box where McCarran had put a fair tackle in obviously the great free kick he smashed it in the top corner but that's a really frustrating one and then the other goal a free header from a set piece not like not not good enough really avoidable uh, avoidable conceded two more goals from set pieces last night as well and you know initially my, my thoughts when I saw that we'd um we'd given away two goals from I know we'll talk about Tranmere a bit more in detail later on but the set pieces last night were not good enough either and it seems to be a little bit of a problem I think it's when we're missing Creswell because Cresy obviously went off at half time against West Ham yeah. and that's when we conceded the goal from the free kick I think he's not only just a big physical presence that wins the headers himself but you know, we know he's a leader and he's an organiser, but yeah, I think we just need to take a bit more charge from set pieces because uh, it seems to be a bit of a weakness at the minute, and you can't afford to be giving people free headers six yards out. No, uh, I put McKinstry and Dean looked really good. They were working well together, linking up play. Um, <coughs> Dean, I would agree. Feisty as as ever. <laughs> he looks like a real poacher. I've been really impressed with him this season so far. McKinshaw is really good at supporting in the possession play as well because we dominated possession, didn't we? I think the statistic was something like 60 plus percent again um, uh, for the full 90 minutes. So when, we, when we'd when we got the ball, I like McKinstry's, um efforts in, in order to create triangles and space, even just the simple one-two passes, the, the similar kind of passes that sometimes... Uh, Phillips gets um, ridiculed for by opposition fans. Oh, he can only pass sideways or backwards. But um, it's patience on the ball, which then creates the space to create the opportunities. And I think it was, uh, I agree with you, Donny. I think him and Dean looked really sharp, um, especially when we, we had possession but weren't threatening, when they were dropping deeper or we were kind of trying to build up to that attacking play. It was uh, impressive to see. But yeah, Matt has touched on it there. As soon as Cresswell came off, we looked suspect at defending set pieces. Sideways and backwards passes can be a little bit underrated or underestimated, Agreed. maybe. There was Agreed. a beautiful one from Lingard last night. Yeah. Um, <laughs> lovely back pass. Uh, so, any more on uh, Leeds 2, West Ham 2? No, I just think a good point, just to summarise it, just a, a good point against a very good academy, uh, an entertaining game. You know, on another day, we probably could have got three points, but. You know they also had they also had chances. Uh, Classen made two good <coughs> saves in the first half, and then yeah. their keeper made two good saves right at the end. Tipped Kenner's header onto the bar, and then made a really good sort of close range save from Dean as well. So you know it leaves us in a good place. We're not in a you know good start to the season. Six six, so we're top six, seven points. We're only three points off the top. Obviously, you know we were. I think before the season started, on the first pod of the new season, we said, or I think me and Matty said at least aim for that mid-table position to consolidate come up consolidate, a bit like what the first team did last year yeah, and yeah. I think it's been a good start um, just slightly concerned I think as Mark Jackson's openly said in interviews about the leakiness of the defence compared to some positions last year where we were able to shore it up a bit more um, we've conceded um, nine goals which is the sec- uh, third highest in the in the league already but no good position and com- comfortable point and move on from it I think on the early signs we'd probably be a little bit higher than mid table. And we're not being underestimated either. So, you know, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a tough season. It's gonna be 
you know, an exciting season. But I think West Ham's manager said it himself before the game that he sees us as one of the top three teams in the league. So, you know, if teams are approaching us and thinking that, we're obviously doing some things right and uh, mm. we're going to be in for some big tests, you know. Uh, Liverpool on Sunday, obviously, another big test. There's no... I know it's a, cl- a big cliche, but there is no easy games in that division. Uh, some mm. top some top talent at every academy. So, you know, it's it's what we obviously want. It's what the club wanted when they achieved Category 1 status. It's what we expected when we got promoted. But, yeah, we've started well with, and we will more than hold our own, I've no doubt about it. It's where Classic. we need to be as well. If those players are wanting to develop and kick on for the first team, that's the kind of experience they're going to need as young men, young boys, to be able to play against this quality of opposition because some of these 23 sides in that division are no joke. Um, and when players are rehabbing as the season kicks on and other clubs like Man City's or Liverpool's or West Ham's, they're dropping first 11 players down to rehab them back up for fitness. We're going to have some, like you said, Matt, some really tough tests in this league. And I think it'll be a, a proper, exciting, interesting development of see how the season goes. Matty, has Klaassen impressed you so far? We, we, I didn't get your opinion earlier in, in the in the season. Uh, yeah, I think he looks, he looks solid. Um, Obviously, areas to improve, but a young goalkeeper, it's difficult. Come to a new country, it's difficult. Um, doesn't really know his teammates yet. Obviously, all these things make it more difficult. But yeah, I don't think he's not really made any major mistakes, has he? Um, a couple of good saves, like I say, against West Ham. Uh, penalty save on the opening day against Crystal Palace. Uh, yeah, I think I think he looks all right. Whether whether I'd have confidence in him stepping up if stepping up if Melia got injured. That's a different thing. So, you know, we just have to um, hope that that doesn't happen. But, yeah, I think Klaassen started off well and obviously he will get better like we've seen with Melia, like we saw with Capriel. Um, so, yeah, I think he'll, he'll get better and definitely not not worried about him in the slightest in the 23s. Were you surprised that Capriel was loaned out, Matty? Because I was. Mm, no, I don't think so. I expected Capriel to go out, especially when we brought in... The young lad from Bradford City that on bang, so he's going to be in the 18s. Van der Heuvel was always going to step up to the 23s. Yep. Klaassen obviously came in and he was going to need game time in the 23s because he's not going to be number one. So you know that'd leave if if Capriel stayed, that'd leave you like Van der Heuvel, Klaassen, Capriel, and you can't really balance game time for three goalkeepers. No, but what um, I was so, thinking was more keep hold of Capriel for the 23s and Van der Heuvel go out on loan. Um, I think Van, Van der Heuvel's only 18, isn't he? I mean, I know Capriel's only one year older, but Capriel's had that one year in the 23s, similar to like what we saw with Gotts, McCallum on. That just seems to be the model. It's like you have yeah. a year in the 23s, you learn the system, you learn the style of play, and then if you're not touching first team, you go out on loan. So Van der Heuvel now needs that under-23 experience, and then yep. next season he might go out on loan, and then like Ombang or Christie, they might step up to the... 23s on a more permanent basis. So, yeah, it just seems to be the model, to be honest. I think it made more sense for Capriel to go out on loan, having had that year in the 23s already, than it would have for Van der Heuvel. Because he'd have been starting almost from scratch, wouldn't he? If, if Van der Heuvel went out on loan and then came back next season, he'd then be a year older and still have had no under-23 experience. So, I think it did make sense for Capriel to be the one to go out on loan. Fair play. Okay. Um, if you're watching uh, on a uh, in somewhere where you can write some comments, Please feel free to say hello. Um, moving on then, the international break and one game in particular. England under-20s, six. Romania under-20s, one. Um, and after the 12th minute, 
Joffe was brought on, and and so we had four players on the pitch. Rob, yeah, outstanding. It was um, one that I actually watched develop on Twitter. I didn't unfortunately get to see it live. I was watching the commentary come through, and and I watched all the goals back after and everything. But yeah, what what an impressive. Um, international break for the young contingency of, of Leeds. Um, we mentioned it in the, the pod that we did before the break about all the call-ups across the various different, not just for England, but for the international players. We mentioned all the different squads that people have been called up to uh, from the 17s, the 18s, 20s, 21s. It's really, really exciting. And, and, and without getting too excited, there's a bit of realism needed. Some of these players, as we spoke about before, aren't going to potentially break through into the first 11 at a Premier League club. But it's good to know that the quality of um, a player in the academies is international standard across all levels. But that particular game, yeah, I mean, what performance from Joffe. Came on on the 12th minute, didn't he? And uh, really made a case for starting the next <laughs> the next few games with his goal tally, <laughs> his performance, his so. attitude. He, um, I, thought the, I thought the performance from the whole first 11 the whole 11 was good um but what a day for joffia and what a day for england under 20s money yeah pretty much just echo everything rob just said i think it shows it reflects really well on the club the most represented team in the most represented club in the in the in the under 20 team jesus if i can speak um but yeah you know, obviously re uh, reflects really well on the club and the academy and the great work that the coaches have done. Um, but yeah, what a day for Joffrey on his on his debut as well. So it's just about that progression now. It's another another achievement for him, and now he'll have his set his sights set on getting into the under twenty ones as well. So yeah, obviously a great day for the club and a great day for Joffrey as well. Okay, so a few uh, people in the chat. Then Nora, it's been a while. Um, she hasn't been too well, so if you could send her your well wishes, that oh, would be appreciated. Get well soon, Nora. Uh, Charlie Wilkinson as well says hello, and he says, uh, we've given a great account of ourselves so far this season. Even the 21s last night played really well, despite the scoreline. So that's a nice little segue then onto Tramia. Bye. Oh, Rob, we lost him. I think oh, we lost yeah. him. Yeah, uh, didn't manage. Oh. <laughs> to my, I thought I was frozen. Then I was like, uh... <laughs> Matty is frozen. Seems like uh, we'll go with you, Rob. <laughs> we'll yeah, be a podcast I mean... without losing me, would it? Mm, oh, that's true. That's true. Are you back? We'll get. We'll give Matty a couple of minutes to couple of minutes um, to sort himself out. Yeah, I mean, the second half performance was better than the first half performance. I felt anyway last night. Um, I watched um, majority of it um, through the stream, and you know, the young lads there did themselves proud in terms of their effort and attainments. And I think that was echoed by the manager from um, the opposition. He came out after the game and said, "You could see the way they'd set up to play. You could see the type of football that they wanted to play." And they weren't going to be deterred from playing that football, um, which we weren't. You know, in terms of again possession stats, we dominated sixty plus percent possession. We had we actually had nineteen shots um, total shots on on goal. So the performance was there. There was just questions around the defending. I thought the first twenty minutes maybe we looked really like deers in headlights, but once it settled down, uh, the lads did a, a good account of themselves. And and what a young squad as well to go out there and and take the mantle. 
Um, you had a smattering of the 23s in there, but you know, like the players we've brought in, like McGurk, um, players like that put out a good performance, and then your stalwarts that we talk about sort of in the 23s regularly on this podcast, such as your um, Charlie Allens, your Max Deans, your Noah Kenners. I thought they all had decent games, but just before we came live, I know you were watching the replay. What about that kind of uh, turn for the setup for the goal for Miller by uh, Archie Gray? Wow, um, that was a little flash of brilliance, wasn't it? Yeah, some player is um, is Archie Gray. Um, by all accounts, Matt was saying uh, just before we came on air that uh, a lot of people have sort of heard about him even from, you know, three years ago when he was 12. Um, Mai, are you back? <laughs> Deadly <laughs> silence. I don't know. I can hear you, but it's just very laggy. Okay. <laughs> well, speak whenever you can, Mai. <laughs> yeah, it's good to see last night. I think we made a good uh, account of ourselves and that's all you can ask for, really. I don't think anyone would have expected us to go and win the game. So to just make a good account of ourselves, to stick to our principles like uh, like Tramier's coach identified as well. And then obviously a massive, massive positive was Archie Gray, 15 years old. To play how he did is absolutely ridiculous. You know, demanding the ball, uh, getting about the pitch, uh, not shirking any physical battle with you know senior pros. Saw one incredible stat that said the centre back, centre back is it Peter Peter Clark? I think his name is. He's, he'd already played like twenty five senior appearances before Gray was born. Like that, just <laughs> mental. And you could see him. You could see him. Not like I say, not shirking any physical battles. Um, there was one bit he sort of got his back to the defender, pinned him. Like what, like type of thing like Lukaku does, like what senior seasoned pros do, like getting his body in positions where he can turn, and getting his body in between the ball and and the and the marker and turning and bullying players that are like twice his age. I, I just think it's mental. Obviously, we stress this a lot when we talk about young players. I think especially for sort of from under eighteen and below, you know, there is because there is a certain expectation on. Somerville, Greenwood, Joffe, Drama, players like that, and they need to handle that expectation. But I think from players like under 18 and below, and that definitely applies to Archie Gray at 15 years old, there is no expectation on him. Like he we just need to give him time to develop. You know, he's not one of them players, he's not someone that you're gonna be going, yes, get him in the 23s now, like get him in the first team. Like it's just not it's not the case. He needs he needs time to develop. And you know, if he keeps developing at that rate by how good he is at just 15, uh it's quite exciting, but yeah, like I said, just uh, needs to keep keep his feet on the ground, and the fans need to uh, sort of that sort of manage that expectation that the club will try and do. Uh, but yeah, last night obviously will have been some experience for him and a, a great sign of things to come. Hopefully, okay. Um, Liverpool then you can have a little uh, a preview of the the, the next under twenty threes game. So that'll be on Sunday, is it, Rob? Yeah, um, I'm actually just looking for the fixtures now because I don't know the kickoff time, and I normally like to be prepared to be able to say, "Oh, it's kicks off at one second. Yeah, it's on Sunday at two o'clock. It is uh, two o'clock. It is. I'm just having a look at the stats there. So yeah, two o'clock away. Um, I don't know. I think we've got a fair chance. Obviously, naturally, with what's just happened in the recent um, first eleven fixtures, there'll be a bit of. Um, hoopla about it no doubt on socials by you know sort of local journalists and blue tick media on socials but i think as a game plan we'll just be going out there to do 
what we can. Um, they've had a similar start to us, except they've had an additional draw compared to the victory we've had. So they're currently sitting two points behind us in the league. I think it'll be an exciting game. Um, it should be, in theory, a strong squad from Mark Jackson because obviously we're playing on the Friday night for the first 11. So I would imagine it will be a strong 23 squad with the guys back from international break, the guys obviously with no cup fixtures happening, um, maybe with an eye towards uh, Fulham away. But I also think that Bielsa will put a strong side out against that, uh, against Fulham in the Carabao. So, yeah, I'm hoping for a strong team. I'm hoping for a good performance. And um, listen, three points away at Liverpool would be uh, would be fantastic. And I think it's achievable um, if Joffrey's firing, if Greenwood's playing and we've got that um, breadth. I don't think we've got any injury concerns. So in terms of a preview, you know, I'm hoping that we can put a strong first 11 out. And I think we'll, we should be able to to nick it. Um, I think it'll be a tight game. I think it might be a two-one or a, or a one-nil sort of uh, type game. I think it'll be quite a tense affair. But they've started similar to what we have. I can't see why we can't go and get the three points. Matty, yeah, I think we've already um, like I said about what West Ham's manager said. You know, so there's aside to be sort of feared in this division. So I think uh, Liverpool will respect that. But it's obviously going to be a, a very good game. They've got some very good players. Started with two draws, one win and one loss, but they've played some top some top teams so far as well. They've played uh, so 0-0 against Manchester City, 1-1 against Brighton. They're the top two teams in the division. Both got 10 points from four games. Um, and then they beat Everton 3-1. And... The latest result, they lost 2-1 against Spurs. Obviously, we've seen what Spurs can do. Got some very talented players, some very clinical finishers. So, yeah, they've played four top teams so far um, and come away with five points. So, a very respectable start. And But we'll, we'll provide another tough test for them, hopefully. Like Rob says, hopefully it's a strong team and we can go there and win because I definitely think that our full-strength 23s uh, can beat anyone in this division. I presume this is on LUTV, is it? Or I mean, they all used to be on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter, but it's LUTV now, I guess. I don't know if they get... Uh, yeah, I think so. It's selected games, so I, I think because it's away, I'm, I should know how it works, but I think Liverpool have the choice over it. So Liverpool do have LFC TV, so they might choose to just take ownership of that game and LUTV won't be able to stream it, but I really don't know the crack yet, to be honest. Okay, like well, Crystal Palace. <laughs> stay tuned to LUC Academy Central for an update as soon as possible. <laughs> um, now, we've, we've just heard this morning that Strouk will be banned. Obviously, um, Cox out. Way! Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and Urente's injured as well, so um, probably we've got one um, we've got one centre back uh, in uh, the club captain. Um, aside from that, people might be wondering about Charlie Creswell. Now I know you put out a tweet, Rob, um, <laughs> that's uh, received some backlash that you would play Creswell. So maybe we could um, talk about some of the potential backup centre backs. The, the re, do you know the reason why I play Cresswell? And it comes down to two twofold. Uh, one is he's, he's an actual centre-back. He, he can play that position well and command it. 
yes, it's a big ask to throw him in, as people keep kind of pointing out to me, against a team like Newcastle um, in that kind of high-pressure environment of the Premier League. But he's got to make that step up at some point, we we assume. We, we want, just like Strout did, we had a similar situation when injuries led to Strout getting a chance and look what look what's happened with him. For me, I would put Cresswell next to Cooper and I would leave Aylin at right-back. And the reason for that second fold, apart from the fact Cresswell is a centre-back and I think he, he'd be up to the task, is um, Aylin's confidence is through the floor. He was so sloppy against Liverpool. His head's not in it. And if we put, that, if we put him into centre-back position, I can see more than one mistake in him. I can see a penalty. I can see something happening where he loses his head. He doesn't look comfortable this season. So, therefore, I personally would have Drame on the bench I'd have Shackleton in position ready so that if Cresswell looks too out of depth come half time, you know, you could then do that change and put Aylin in centre back, Drame, Shackleton, Dallas, move them to right, and, and you know, you can jigsaw it around whichever way you feel, put it to click into midfield and so on. But yeah, for me to start with, I think the least impact on the team, the least impact on the dynamic of how we play and how we probably want to play and set up against Newcastle, I would just put Cresswell in next to Cooper. And I'd have them training together all week. Obviously, there's not that many days left now before Friday. But that that would be my my preferential. Uh, rather than putting Alien at centre-back and then having Shackleton or Dallas step in at right-back, where it will change the dynamic of how we play too much. That's just my 10 pence. I think give Cresswell a shot. Matty, off-air, you were saying that um, you would you would pick Cresswell as well. Can you maybe tell tell us why? What, why you came to that choice? <laughs> he will tell us eventually <laughs> he just tends to go quiet for a while he's right let, um let, let's just um do a few um chats and then then i'll i'll get your opinion on that rob um uh, sandy no uh, says um uh, we don't have any center backs for friday it's a bit harsh on, on liam cooper uh no <laughs> Nora laughing at he's a natural centre back. Is that the reason? Uh, one of the reasons why you he's, uh, he's the main reason he's an actual centre back. Play Creswell. And uh, what's impressed you, Rob, about um, Charlie Charlie Creswell? What are the what are the qualities that make you think that he could step up, make that step up? He's vocal. He he's not afraid to, to say his opinion about what he thinks his fellow players across the back line are doing. Um, we spoke about it last season, watching him more week in, week out, um, in the fact that he seems to be a natural leader in that role. And what you would consider a traditional centre-back, he's strong in the air, um, he can defend set pieces, crosses and corners. OK, yeah, there's a difference between, for example, under 23 size men and obviously fully grown, you know, if Callum Wilson or someone's launching himself out more, John Joe Shelby, you know, there'd be a difference in physicality and strength. But he's a big lad, Cresswell. He's not a young, he's not thin, he's not frail, he's not going to get pushed off the ball like an Ian Paveda. So, you know, I think definitely his vocality, his leadership abilities and the fact that we're going to have balls whipped into the mixer and he's a big lad that can defend that. You've got Aylin flopping around, obviously, in the in the, in the six-yard box um, and, and I'm not too sure with where his head's at at the minute. And I know he's covered that position before. Someone on Twitter rightly pointed out to me. He's played that position. Aylin's played centre-back before. I know that. I'm just saying that where he is right now with his headspace and how kind of poor I, th I think Aylin started this season without, without being too critical of him, I would leave him at right-back where he's going to need that 
yeah, to build his confidence again at playing at that right back position. Leave him at right back. That's where he likes to play. That's where he's good at playing. And I've never been convinced of him as a centre half. I know he's done it before. Put Cresswell in. I think Cresswell can do a job. That's my propaganda for Cresswell out of the way. <laughs> Ryan Chadwick says Juicy should go centre back. There you go. <laughs> oh, hi, Ryan. Uh, Bandy <laughs> says, uh, would BLC use James as a right back? <laughs> Pillar feet Harrison. Uh, that would definitely um, boil some piss, wouldn't it? Uh, our record um, transfer uh, being shoved in at right back. Matty, you're back. I'm back. My internet is an absolute shambles. I'm so sorry. If someone wants to sponsor me for some better internet, <laughs> then that would be much appreciated. Right. <laughs> um, just a... A thought on the Newcastle game. Uh, not only could you put Creswell in, could you put Ailing in? It could be both because Newcastle do play four four two a lot. So we will be three three one three. Um so yeah, you know, it could be sort of Dallas right wing back, Ailing right centre back, Creswell centre, Cooper left, and then uh Furpo left wing back. I think that'd be a, a good setup. Um so, yeah, I think we could see Creswell. I personally would put Creswell in. I think he's better in the air again, uh, than Ailing. Yes, he doesn't have the experience. Um, but, yeah, better in the air. And we're going to have to defend set pieces and crosses well against Newcastle. So, yeah, for me, I would put Creswell in. Um, it's a, you know, it's a shame that the Fulham game isn't first because I think he will almost definitely play against Fulham. Um, Stroke will be missing for that as well. Presume Lorente will be back. Cock, I don't think, will be back. So, yeah, I think Creswell Cooper will almost definitely start against Fulham. Uh, but, yeah, it's a bit of a shame that that game's not first because it is a big ass to throw Cresi in, in quite a big game. You know, Obviously, we don't want to overreact with four games into the season, but, you know, we don't have a win and Newcastle, if you know, if we don't improve and Newcastle don't improve, we're going to be there or there. We're going to be around about them at the end of the season. It's just realistic. So, yeah, we do, we do have to win. We have to win against Newcastle. Uh, and it is a big ass to throw Cresi in, but... Like I say, I think he's up to it. Um, so, yeah, I would play him. But, yeah, I think it could be him and Aileen as a back three against Newcastle because they do play 4-4-2. Um, I think they set up with sort of a 5-3-2 against Man United, uh, maybe like a 5-4-1. Uh, but I think against us, it'll be a 4-4-2 or a 5-3-2 at least. It'll be two up front either way, so we'll have three centre-backs on the pitch, whether that's Aileen I've got three centre backs at the club. I'm kidding. No, no, no. It's gonna. Well, it's gonna have to. If if no, it's will a be, three at the it back, it will be Cresswell, Aylin, and um, yeah. Cooper, yeah. If it's a three at the back, I I don't really. I can't think of any other option to be honest, unless he no. drops Phillips back there, which you know we did in the Championship. But I certainly wouldn't be doing that in the Premier League. I think we need Phillips in midfield. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Aylin, Cresswell, Cooper. I'd have uh, I'd have faith in that back three. I think against Newcastle. Sorry. Who's who's next in line? Um, trying to trying to get some sort of succession lineage here. If if an, if we lose another centre back, who is next in the pecking order after Creswell? When Cooper's suspended in two games, three right. yellow cards after four <laughs> games. Goodness yes, me! It will be, yeah, you, you know, well, Strike will obviously Strike will obviously be back in uh, in three games time for when Cooper's inevitably banned for five yellow cards after six games. But um, right. yeah, I think it'd be it'd be the new lad, wouldn't it? It'd be. Helder. I was thinking that, yeah, I was thinking probably Helder already. Um, it'd be the new lad. There's no know, one really seen... because of what we've done with the transfers with Casey and everyone. Or you'd ask McCarran um, to slide in. But. Yeah, McCarran seems to be uh, seems to be pushing for that for that left back slot. Um, 
And then obviously you've got Ailing that can cover there. You got I think before you put any um before you put any of the centre backs in, so you're looking at Helder who's been at the club less than a month, then sort of Chris Moore and Kenner probably on a par together at the minute. Um but I think before you put any of those three in, you'd put Drame at right back or you'd put Dallas at right back or Shackleton yeah. at right back. So there are a lot of options before you just throw in lads in that are clearly not ready. Whereas Here's I think Creswell probably is ready. Here's a question for you, Matty, and for Donny as well. I'm interested in Donny's opinion on this. If, you, if, you, if you're talking about centre-backs, pure centre-backs, without saying, oh, Aileen's going to step in and then we've got, obviously, um, you know, Shackleton that could play there or you could drop, you know, who? what would be your order? Who, who do you think... Or like in terms of ranked, I don't mind going first, but in terms of the centre backs that we've got when we have got everyone fit and available, which centre back pairing is it? Because this divides opinion, doesn't it? So which which centre back pairing do you think is our strongest with everyone fully fit? Mine for me. Oh, oh, go on, you go first. You go first. No, no, you go first. Okay. I want okay. Donny's right. opinion as well. <laughs> for me, for me, my first choice pairing is definitely Laurentian strike. Absolutely no doubt about it. Uh, then it's sort of Cock and Cooper. I know Cooper's a club captain. I don't have anything against Cooper. I just think Stroke's a better player. Um, and Lorente is obviously head and shoulders above anybody else at the club, I think. I think it's a real shame about his injury record because I think he's genuinely a top four Premier League centre-back. I think you look at the centre-backs that Chelsea have got. Uh, you know, I know they defend well. Chelsea, they're an organised unit. Uh, by no means do they have a bad defence. I just mean individually, Lorente is better than a lot of the Chelsea centre-backs, I think. Uh, just, just my opinion. But yeah, big fan of Lorente, big fan of Stroke. So them two for me. Then it's Cock and Cooper. Then it's Creswell. Then it's, you know, Helder, Moore, Kenner. Like I've... Uh, yeah, like down the pecking order. Yep. Very difficult to disagree with. I remember when we bought uh, Lorente and I was reading a column by Gillem Balag um, and he was sort of saying that he's... He was considered the third best centre back in in La Liga uh, when he's fit, <laughs> and yeah, that's just the unfortunate thing, isn't it? Um, yeah. He's had so many injuries, but we didn't really see how good he was until um, I think Chelsea at home, and interestingly, Chelsea away was was the kind of the time when I was like, oh, who is this guy? Is he really that good? He was getting catcalled by the Cockneys. And it, it just didn't seem to be working for him, you know, sort of underperforming in the middle of lots of injuries. Uh, but we've seen how good he is now. Um, and that that's that was part of the problem at the first half of, of last season as well. Uh, we had um, lots of centre-backs out and the, the defence was constantly shifting and we were just shipping goals like crazy and... It's happened again. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I was going to say it's boring when we all agree, but in this case, we do all kind of agree. I think the same <laughs> with, with me and Matty saying we'll put Crest, we'd put Crestwell in on Friday. There is a succession line. I think you can see it. And for me, it's Lorente, Stroke, Cooper, Koch as a backup centre back and backup centre uh, CDM, and then Cresswell. And we spoke about it before. I think if you're looking at that linear progression, then it makes sense to put Cresswell in on Friday. I understand the reservations why people wouldn't want that. And Ailing's been a good deputizer. It's unlikely we'll see Cresswell, like I agree with Matty, unless we play the three. If Newcastle go two up front, we'll see him. I think it'll be him, um, Cooper, and Ailing. But if not, I do think he'll move Ailing across. 
I think we'll see then Drame go onto the bench and then we'd see Shackleton or Dallas at right back with Click coming into centre mid. I think the jigsaw, you, you don't even have to sort of um, be in Bielsa's inner circle to see what he does with those positional players because it's happened so often that we've seen since Bielsa's been here. But I really would like to see Cresswell get a chance um, because I do think longer term, him and Stroik, with with the injury record that Koch and, and Lorente are showing at the minute, I do I do see Cresswell and Stroik as the future centre-back pairing for a couple of seasons' time. We look a lot better as the three at the back as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. And and if you just look at Strauch, like that that last minute, that last second ditch tackle um, to block that shot from Salah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that was I, incredible. I, I love Cooper. Don't get me wrong. I love him, but I don't see him, him doing that. Uh, the only other player I could see doing, doing that w- would be Lorente. So, I mean... Just on the potential alone, I think Strauch is going to be a really, really top centre back. You look at his attacking potential from corners as well; it's just so good. And we we would never know this unless we had those injuries and there was an opportunity for him to come in. So I correct. Think, I think we can all agree that you know maybe it's not the best um, circumstances or or the right timing for for Creswell to be given a chance and make that step up, but. It's often in these kinds of cases where you have a few injuries, you have a couple of suspensions, and then there's the opportunity, and it's really up to that player whether they take it or not. He's got all the he's got all the skills, hasn't he? I mean, we've watched him for the last couple of seasons now, and he, he's been captaining the under twenty three, so you can tell what um, what they that those group of players and the, the 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 staff think of him. So give him a go. Definitely. Okay. Is that it? Um, final thoughts, maybe, on the season so far for the under-23s? Yeah, a good start. Uh, a solid start. We'll be, uh, you know, we won't be anywhere near the bottom, definitely. Um, and that was obviously like the first team last season. Whenever you go up a division, no matter what it is, no matter if it's, you know, League 2 to League 1, Championship to Premier League, youth football, you know, it needs to... Uh, you need to just consolidate in that first season, but we'll be nowhere near the bottom. Guarantee that. Uh, like me and Rob said before the season, you know, sort of looking at that midway point. But I think on early signs, we'll be even above that as well. And like West Ham's manager said, this season is one of the top three. So, you know, it's uh, promising early on. And uh, yeah, a good, a good point against West Ham. A decent showing against Tranmere from a young side. And then, uh, you know, we look ahead to Liverpool now, which I think we can go and take three points, definitely. Okay, Rob. There is nothing more to say. I will echo the exact same, same sentiments. Good, good performance by the lads last night. Really impressive against Tranmere. Didn't didn't do anyone uh, a, 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 any disjustice with their with their performance, the possession, the passing, the shots on target against league football players. Really impressed with the twenty ones last night. And yeah, the twenty threes solid start. Let's kick on and and consolidate and. Look forward to some exciting games. I think I think there'll be a couple of games that we give teams a proper thrashing this year. But likewise, you know, we, we are capable just at any level of, of shipping goals, uh, especially from set pieces. So I think um, that it could happen the other way. But I do think there'll be a couple of statement performances, especially around that time when the fixtures start getting congested. <coughs> congested. I genuinely think our, our fitness levels and our um, ability to vertically integrate our 18s, 21s and 23s will kick in again like it did last year in the PL2 Div 2. 
and we'll we'll come out stronger than some of the teams that don't really have that fluidity amongst their development teams. Okay, and a few comments then. Um, McAllister Bishop says, uh, Cock will be fit for Friday. You watch, lads. Um, Big ask. Um, well, certainly hope so. I like your positivity anyway. Um, Nora says, I think we should really... Or does he mean his... His cock. <laughs> just watch it. His cock will be fit um, for Friday. <laughs> N- Nora says, um, "I think we should really give Sorry. somebody, uh, some from the under twenty threes, a chance instead of keep playing some of the players who haven't shown the quality we need." Couldn't agree more, Nora. Um, Bandy says, "I agree with the chap in the middle about ailing." I think that's you, Rob. I think you're in the middle. Who's in the Who's in the middle? It's you. It's you. People keep agreeing with you. The man in the middle. God. Ever, uh, has everyone I... been drinking today? Is it a bank holiday or something? People don't uh, normally uh, agree with me. Bandy says, I don't know about you boys, but I'm terrified about Friday. I wouldn't go so far as to say terrified, but I definitely nice. wouldn't want to lose to uh, Steve Bruce's Newcastle. No. Oh, yeah, I'm not terrified. It's too it's too early to be terrified. Played four mm. games, you know, I need to... A uh, bit of perspective, I think. Yep. Had a few injuries. Uh, a bit nervous, yeah. though, isn't it, mate, it's if you're too... honest? Oh, yeah, I'm nervous. I'm a bit nervous. No, I, I think if we, if we lose... You know, obviously, it depends on the performance as well. And, you know, if, if you lose, it depends on the manner that you lose. But yes. uh, it's too early to be worried, even though if we get beat, you know, we'll be a little bit nervy and think you start uh, start questioning where we're actually at and what the expectations can be for the season. If, you know, if you start your first five games without a win, especially when you played Newcastle, Burnley, teams like that, and you've not won a game yet. But those two games are both away from home as well. So, you know, it's it's difficult. You know, we've played... We've had two what I would class as write-off fixtures, you know, Liverpool and Manchester United. Never going to be able to compete with them after just one season in the Premier League. So, you know, those those results are not worrying. Did okay against Everton. Did okay against Burnley. So yeah, it's not. It's definitely no uh, no grounds for a meltdown just yet. Although Leeds fans do second love second half against Everton is the benchmark so far. I think that's where we should be aiming for. I think that's the best we've played I, that I've seen anyway this season. Yeah, I, I'd probably, I think, yeah, I'd I agree with that. Second half against Everton is probably the best we've played, and if we can find that again, that we we should be going there on Friday to with with a victory in mind. We should be beating them. I think absolutely. I think it's just sometimes it's just those marginal gains, and that we've seen under Bielsa that if we go ahead. If we score the first goal, then we're a very, very difficult team to play against because the game opens up, the opposition have to come at us, that leaves all kinds of space in behind, and that's what we can exploit um, really really well. Whereas we've we've gone behind every single uh, game so far. So I think it's the next six games, isn't it? Um, They're against sort of fairly... uh, Easy opposition. God, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Big big six games this year. Got Watford yeah. at home, haven't we? That's a winnable game. West Ham at home, which is not necessarily a winnable game, but I think we can uh, beat them at Ellen Road. Um, yeah, there's some some fixtures coming up that you'd like to think we can kick on a yeah, bit. It's a, the next six are big games because, you know, they say after about 10 games, that, that's when the table starts to take place. And after the next six, we'll have played 10 games. You know, we've got Watford, Newcastle, Southampton, I think. Uh, yeah, Saints. I can't. I can't. Obviously, can't remember the six off the top of my head. But you know, mm. just those three games there—they're winnable games. West Ham's a winnable game. But yeah, after six games, we'll see where we're at. And uh, you know, if we're uh, still struggling, then we might need to adjust our expectations for the season. But we're more than good enough to stay in the division. Although, 
What's what is making me slightly worried is that there isn't. I feel like last season, even from the early stages, no matter how bad you were, like if you went on a bad run, because it all all it takes is like a five six game winless run to drop really drop down the league in the Premier League. Mm. And last season, no matter what run you went on, it was always like Sheffield United, West Brom, Fulham. Like we're we're not going to finish below them because they were just so far adrift from anybody. There isn't sort of that that safety. Like net this season because there except isn't any, Norwich. there isn't yeah except probably Norwich yeah except Norwich and you would expect sort of Newcastle to be down there again probably expect Brentford to be down there um no disrespect to them they've started really well but I question their depth in the squad so yeah no no need for a meltdown yet no but if we don't start picking up points obviously it will start getting a bit nervy. The meltdown started after the first game of the season, mate. Yeah, it did. Yeah. <laughs> Not the ideal it was first even picture. In, in the summer, it was before that. The meltdown um, started when we didn't sign a midfielder. We didn't sign a midfielder, yeah. Um, exactly. But yeah, I think, you know, three wins, three or four wins in the, in the next six. I know that's, that's quite a lot when we haven't uh, got any kind of form yet. Um, but that would ease the pressure. I, I think we need that because going into December, there's a lot of tough fixtures. It's um, about in perspective, like uh, Paul's just pointed out in the comments as well. It's about per- perspective. <laughs> Jesus, perspective. Um, <laughs> I've been drinking this morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's about perspective. We've played four games. We've played three of the current top four, as Paul says. Two, mm. like I said, write-off fixtures. Mm. Uh, and a couple of good performances in there as well. We did well to come back against Burnley. We did well to come back against Everton. Like Rob says, I agree, that's the best we've played so far, that second half against Everton. So, yeah. Bit of perspective, bit of calmness, and uh, look ahead to these. Well, firstly, look ahead to Newcastle, and then the next six as well. Okay, um, last few comments then. Uh, Bandy says, Pascal and Rente. Pascal became a man at the King Power last season. Did he? I'm glad we didn't see that. Um... <laughs> <laughs> His cock wasn't injured. As, oh my as, god <laughs> it's time my... to end it it's time to end this it's not, getting, it's not getting better than that it's not getting better than that um, and as Matty pointed out Paul said um, perspective we've played three of the top four three points on Friday Mandy says we can compete against anybody I don't want to hear anything else all our games are winnable and don't forget that and yes Bandy yeah that's the that's the point we leave on so um, thank you very much for joining us um my name's Adonis, and you know me as at the Adelites on Twitter. And it's a very goodbye from me. And joining us was the incredibly juicy Rob at Juicy thank Rob. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, and thank you everyone for joining in and commenting and stuff. Appreciate it. And uh, on Twitter, he is at LUFC Academy uh, News and at Matty Ingham17. Yes, that's right. Thanks for having me. Apologies for my Wi Fi. If there's any Wi Fi sponsors down there, in the comments, please, please, please let me know. Right. Um, donate generously to Matty's <laughs> Wi-Fi and you'll need to send it via post um, all the way to the moon um, <laughs> where he lives in a microwave. Okay. Thank you. We'll see you very soon. Please, 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 please. <laughs>